Hello and welcome to another episode of The Coder Career with me, your host, Cameron Blackwood. Today's guest is Jonathan Vilke. Jonathan is the founder of Superstarter, which acts as a boilerplate for anyone who wants to launch their own projects. It bundles together some of the most common tools that indie hackers use and allows you to focus on exactly what you want to do. On today's show, myself and Jonathan discuss why he chose to go with the stack he did. We also discuss how to get started with building your own commercially oriented projects. This is a really great episode if you want to know how your favorite creators make products under the hood. Speaking of products, do check out my latest product, Pinpoint. You can find a link to that in the description. If you're looking for a new job, I find it really helpful if you want to test it. Please get in touch with me if you're keen. Hope you enjoy the show. The labor market as a whole is changing and tech companies are always at the forefront of innovation. More and more companies are adopting a four-day work week, so 32 hours at a full salary. Imagine what you could do with an extra day in your week. You could spend more time with your family, work on side projects, or take up a new hobby. And that's why I'm delighted to say that The Coder Career is brought to you by 4dayweek.io. Created by previous guest, Phil McParlin, it's a job board where you can find the very best jobs that work a 32-hour work week. So what are you waiting for? Get that extra day in your week. Go to 4dayweek.io to find out more. Hey, Jonathan, thanks so much for joining me. How are you doing? Hey, great, uh, great to be here. Great to have you. So for people who aren't, um, I guess your biggest audience is on Twitter. So for people that aren't on Twitter, particularly in the indie hacking community, do you want to explain a little bit about who you are and what you work on right now? Yeah, so uh, first of all, I'm a full stack developer from Germany. So uh, as you just told me before, I'm the first uh, guest on the podcast from Germany. So it's an honor. Um, and I'm also the uh, creator and founder of Superstarter, which is uh, a boilerplate for SaaS applications um, based on Superbase and Next.js, which I am building in public. And uh, that's actually where we know each other from, um, basically from Twitter, um, because I'm sharing my journey there. And um, yeah, we're just exchanging about building things and the Indie Hacker journey. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, I think what you're building is really awesome. And w- would you believe it? I only discovered it about two weeks after starting uh, my own <laughs> uh, most recent project, which is which is Pinpoint. And the tech stack is like for like. Uh, so I think it's a really, really cool product what you're doing. And I'm looking forward to trying it out the next time I have a project to start because it will be the same tech stack. So um, for people who aren't familiar with kind of how, how your product works, um, it's basically you you kind of get a lot of the hard work done for you up front and that that's why it's so cool yeah, right exactly yeah so the the main benefit you get from uh, this product is essentially saving time and and also effort and research um, because there there went a lot of uh, like um, yeah researching uh, experience from from uh, previous um, projects I've worked on uh, and also implementation time into this. Um, and that's essentially what you save when you use this product to start your SaaS. So uh, you can get like maybe even a month uh, of of head start. Yeah, and I think so- something that I always talk about in both these podcasts, my YouTube videos, is how I really think that people don't consider time as an economic unit, and they really should, especially if you're building some kind of independent project, because. Um, for both of us, you know, we both got day jobs and we're working on stuff out, outside uh, of those hours. The time is pretty precious, both in terms of mm-hmm. you need to be doing things with your friends and family for your own mental Absolutely. health, but then as well, yeah. getting enough sleep, looking after yourself. And then the hours <laughs> start dwindling and you, you've got to use them effectively. And um, the value proposition of what you do cuts out all that time 
uh, that is exactly, kind of yeah. the same repetitive task with setting things up. And it's one of those things yeah. that, um, yeah, I, I can totally see value proposition straight straight off the uh, the bat. And the technology stack is is very cool. I mean, I'm biased because it is literally the stack I use. Um, <laughs> what what what's the technology stack just for the listeners' benefit? So um, currently, it's it's uh, mainly built around uh, Next.js and Superbase. Um, there's a, a big internal refactoring going on currently um, where we try to make things a little bit more flexible. Um, I also uh, just got uh, another developer on board um, to build the Nuxt version so that we can expand this boilerplate to the Vue uh, or Nuxt ecosystem. Um, and I'm also planning a, a, a boilerplate for mobile apps um, for later this year. But currently, it's, it's Superbase um, combined with Next.js um, and things like Stripe for authentication. We have also some um, nice um, libraries included, um, like Tailwind uh, and Chakra UI for uh, styling the application. You can choose either um, just the one that you prefer. Um, we have some libraries for um, forms integrated for state management. So uh, basically, you don't, you can still pick the tools you want and just remove the existing one, but um, I wanted this uh, starter template to be at a point where you actually uh, don't have to make the decisions or do all the research if you don't want to. Yeah, uh, and that makes a lot of sense. And I think something that it took me a while to realize after I learned to code was that opinionated is not necessarily a bad thing. If you have <laughs> something that's opinionated already, then it takes away from that labor of deciding on what tool doing that research as you mentioned which is pretty intensive like for pinpoint um i documented the complete pain i had uh getting the correct drag and drop library to work and in fact it was mm. uh I'd, I'd spent days on it i was sitting in my parents house at christmas um at one point basically desperately <laughs> asking my mum if she had any opinion on the matter um because i didn't know and then uh, of all people uh, you know Th uh, theo uh, the ceo of ping who does yeah. uh, cool yeah. videos and yeah. react he literally put out a video it was like this is the uh, react dnd kit this is what you want to use for drag and drop and i was like oh mm. brilliant it's exactly what i did plugged it straight in and it works but yeah. you know the fact that you're making you're able to make these key decisions early on and you're kind of already got that stuff to base off you're going to save so much time in the research completely disregarding all the time that you'd have to do config and setup and and all of that so yeah i think that's that's really cool and then in, in terms of the uh i can't remember the right word for it like bundler i do do you have uh something preset there like v or webpack or, or anything like that yeah so so uh currently um next.js is is built on webpack so that's that's uh what this this thing comes with oh uh, yeah of course um, it is, yeah so um, that's actually nothing you have to care about. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's also, um, there's also one thing um, in general, um, the idea of picking tools um, that are a little bit more abstract um, so that you don't um, have to make these, these uh, very low level decisions. Um, like, you know, using Superbase uh, just takes away all the pain of what database do I use? How do I scale my server? How do I protect the 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 uh, database from from attacks and so on? Um, and and the combination of all these services that I uh, incorporate into this boilerplate, like also uh, Stripe and for shell for hosting, um, it just enables you as a developer to focus on the on the core business of your application, uh, mm. and the rest is just there. 
Yeah, so you can focus on your your actual let you handle exactly. your value yeah. proposition and then let the end user handle yeah. their value proposition. It makes a lot of sense. And um, yeah, that that's interesting. You you lean heavily into Superbase because I was always curious about Superbase for a long time. And then mm-hmm. I tried it with Pinpoint my first time properly. And I was like, wow, how, I mean, I know it's a fairly recent <laughs> tool, but like, how was I not in like the first user group for this? This is This is a game changer, really. Like, I know there's been stuff like Firebase, but to be honest, I found... It's UX tricky to work with. I, I had some problems with it. Maybe it's because I was a more junior developer when I tried to use it, but everything was super base. It you just plug it in and it just works. Like I'm always shocked at actually how easy it is to get something good up and running with it. And like you said, the scalability, uh, the vulnerability to to attacks and that kind of thing. Look, the way I see it, yeah. super base can manage any kind of application for a very, very long time. And if you're getting to the point where you need to move beyond Superbase, then you've probably got so much yeah. money you can hire a DevOps wizard anyway, you know? <laughs> well, if you are if you don't have that, then uh, you're doing something wrong in your business. <laughs> but um, I, I, I agree I agree that um, that uh, Superbase is just um, far better um, than, than, than Firebase, in my opinion, because um, it, it just, it takes the same idea of having this service uh, for your backend, but um, the decisions they made in terms of we choose Postgres, which is an open source library. So they basically do everything based on open source. Uh, open source, um, and also the fact that um, you don't have to stay there if you don't want to. Like there, it is basically just a Postgres database. You can easily get your data out of there, um, which is for for many larger companies a reason to to uh, not go with things like Firebase, because you have a heavy vendor lock-in. Um, I, I mean, you probably know that when you try Firebase, once your data isn't there, you, you won't get it out there because you have this, this um, yeah, very specific database structure. And that's, that's another point. I think um, the structuring querying data in Firebase um, in the beginning might look easier. Like it's, it's like with JavaScript and TypeScript, uh, where you think like TypeScript is very hard in the beginning to get into. Um, and the same goes for um, for a SQL database uh, compared to a NoSQL database. Where you think in the beginning, I just put in the data however I want it, and then I query it. But once you get to the point where you have like you, you want to query a lot of data, or you want to query uh, a combination of different collections, or in, in, in Firebase or tables in, in SQL, um, or like just join things and that there there it becomes complicated and there you really appreciate that what uh postgres and the the sql um uh, yeah databases give you um and that's why i think um superbase made a very good choice there to go with postgres and and build upon these open source tools yeah i I totally agree i think generally with with the whole open source thing uh, as well you can pull it out and host it yourself and um like you said i think it's a voting confidence in your own product um, that you have the ability to readily extract your own data, right? Because it's almost, I feel like with Firebase, it's almost like, oh, well, once you're locked in, you're locked in too bad. It doesn't show confidence in, in what you're building. And, um, you know, with, with Google, it's not like I don't like them as a company. It's just that they have a history of just sunsetting everything. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not sure, you know, I lost all my Stadia games. I got a refund. But, you know, that's one thing. But I don't want to lose all my application data. Like, you know, if I'm if I'm an indie hacker who, uh, you know, is paying for my mortgage or, or my family based entirely yeah. off revenue to something that's tied up 
to a third party like that, like Superbase, it's not, I guess you could argue, yeah, well, you are giving loads of, um, you are giving loads of trust in, in that third party. But if, if that third party is built upon the open source tools, it's not, it's not the same level of, uh, of trust. I, I can't think of the right word, trust or buy-in. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the thing is, uh, once, once you're actually uh, into that service uh, and you need to scale up, um, this thing can become very expensive uh, at some point and, and maybe even destroy your, your business strategy. <laughs> Um, yeah. I don't. I don't know. There is. There is a German company. Um, they uh, they build games. They actually do a, a podcast too. Um, it's it's a German podcast. Um, they call Programmierbar. Um, and and uh, I've I've heard there um, that they uh, made like a mistake or a bad architecture um, when using Firebase, um, and they were were uh, querying questions for a a quiz game. Um, and the way they architectured this, they were basically uh, requesting every uh, every single question all the time when a user clicked next or something. Um, and this ended up um, in them having like 18,000 euros a month um, <laughs> bill for, for, for Firebase. Um, and yeah, that's that's where it, where it gets heavy. It's stories like that where that's why you realize that cloud economist is not like just a joke job title like if no i tell you no. what that that's advice for anyone who's listening here early in your career like don't be afraid of the cloud because you can go and save a company a lot of money and what's a better job interview tactic than saying hey look i saved my last place 20k a month just pay me 5k a month for it like you know <laughs> there's no right, there's right. not many easier ways of just saying things like that but yeah, I, 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 I totally agree. It's it's one of those things you just have to be so careful with it. And that's why I think, I, I can't remember exactly what Superbase's pricing structure is. Is it is it flat or is it pay-as-you-go? Because I'm still on the free plan. It's, it's pay-as-you-go. It's pay-as-you-go. It's, the, yeah. the pricing is actually very similar to um, what you have with Superbase Super currently. Um, mm -hmm. But um, since you, yeah, as, as I said, since uh, querying data from Firebase can get very complex, at some point yep. and you start to query uh like do multiple queries for one request um and you pay per request like or per million requests or something and then your architecture really matters <laughs> yeah yeah it's very true and it's easy to think that like oh you know what's one extra request but at scale um and if you're lucky enough that your <clears throat> business really takes off or or, yeah. or even worse i would argue if it's not a business if it's a fun hobby project and someone puts it on reddit and you get mm -hmm. a load of traffic, then you are in a lot of trouble very quickly. Like I know the uh, the YouTuber Fireship. I, I love his videos, and um, I yeah, think really he originally started off as a huge Firebase guy. Um, but I yeah. know every time he tries to launch something, he just gets absolutely bombarded. And you know, if something like that happens <laughs> to you, and you're on pay as you go, then and you haven't got some kind of like paywall, then you, you're done for. <laughs> yeah, true. And so, so actually, um, winding things back to before uh superstarter um mm -hmm. what what got your start into coding in the first place uh was it did you go the conventional route down through uni or, or was it something that you picked up later in life no i actually uh got into coding very very uh, very very early um like i got my first computer with i don't know what was it nine ten years uh and probably one of the first things i started to do after playing some age of empires um was 
was uh, one, two, one, two, or three. <laughs> Actually, I don't remember. <laughs> three was um, best. <laughs> possibly, yeah. Um, so uh, maybe maybe one year after that, I actually started getting into HTML, CSS, and and um, I think then you very quickly um, get to to certain limits and want to have some logic in there. And uh, then I started um, doing some PHP uh, with that. And um, yeah, from from there on, it just evolved. Like uh, JavaScript came onto the uh, onto the desk, and uh, then frameworks like actually, I started with AngularJS, which was a horrible experience. Uh, then um, found React and was uh, incredibly happy that I didn't have to use AngularJS anymore. Um, and yeah, from from there, it just just uh, kept going. Um, I actually then went to university. Um, studied, um, yeah, it's a, a combination of uh, computer science and graphic design. Um, so I basically have both sides um, covered there um, with a focus on uh, UX uh, topics. And um, yeah, after that, uh, after that university, I uh, actually started uh, working as a full stack developer in a tech company in Germany. Oh, that's, that's really cool. I mean, I'm often impressed when people say they started coding as teenagers, but you started coding before <laughs> you're a teenager, which I don't yeah. even know what to think of that. That is very impressive. I mean, well, how did you even know where to start? Did, uh, did, did you have a family member or is it just pure, purely just internet research? Well, I, I think it, it always, uh, and, and that's, that's one of the best ways to learn things, uh, in my opinion. Um, I always created problems for myself that I try to solve. Like, um, I, in the beginning, I wanted to build like a website for uh, myself, just to have something out there. And then I wanted to do something dynamic in there. And, and I found the problem that I need to be able to change data on the page dynamically. And, um, you know, just by solving problems, I think you're, you're getting more and more into it. And, and suddenly uh, you're here uh, 15 years later. Uh, <laughs> talking about uh, web technologies and indie hacking. And yeah, that's, I think, the way to go. Yeah, I mean, coding via necessity is without a doubt the best way to learn, right? Like mo most people who I speak to, um, at least I would hope that I learn to code are not, are not children. They're, they're, they're adults who are, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe looking at often changing careers or they're in university or, or something like that. Um, and they often say to me, I don't know what, to do beyond some tutorials and it's a fair point like I really struggle with that because what do you do like other than solving isolated problems and that also doesn't really give you the experience of trying to think about bigger decisions around around the product process because everyone mm. a lot of devs would hate to admit it uh, we are commercial people like we, we we're either a profit center or a cost center um trying to save her company money uh so it, it's one of those ones where you have to think about some kind of problem you're trying to solve in your day-to-day -day life yeah. and what what i usually say to people my like generic advice is look just just have the notes app open on your phone or go old school carry around a book and a uh, and a pen um and just just think about problems that either you find annoying in your day-to-day -day life for a week or your friends and mm. family um just little things like i'm trying to think about that now um, I'm looking to my side and my cat is asleep on the chair next to me. And I'm thinking, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I want to like have a reminder on my phone um, that 
sends me a text uh, saying um, which combination of food he should have because he has his dry food and his wet food. And obviously I do remember that. But, um, you know, if I'm sharing it between me and my girlfriend, for example, um, we both we need to check that he doesn't get double fed because he will try and trick us into thinking he's not being fed already. <laughs> so, you know, I'm already thinking about this problem now and going through it in my head like, OK, I'd need the two users need to be able to validate stuff. So there's already like something so mundane about like, has the cat been fed? You can make that into a full stack web application as goofy as that sounds. Yeah, exactly. And you don't even have to be uh, like an expert at, at things, you know, you can get started with very small things like, and, and actually just writing a, a, a program that says hello world, or maybe the, the, the typical small to do example, when you do it the first time yourself, it actually feels like you're superheroes. Uh, you're a superhero. Superpowers, magic, that's the word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah superpowers. Um, and I think, um, in general, um, just, from, from, from what I saw uh, in university, there were a lot of people that, that coded the first time uh, there. Um, and, and when they actually saw what this enables you to do, like you're suddenly, you have the power of a machine under your control. Uh, and that's, that's something very, very cool. Um, and you don't necessarily have to make it a business uh, right away. You just can do it for fun. I mean, I've, I've coded many projects that never saw the day of light but were just a lot of fun uh to to program i learned a lot while doing it um and yeah it's it's in my opinion always worth starting a project if you if you want to do it yeah absolutely because you either win in terms of you get a load of users and a load of money or you learn because you have some kind of useful project which is also a win (laughs) profile yeah exactly which is also a win like a win doesn't have to be a financial one that's a good point Um, you know, you're going to learn either way. And if it's, you know, just make sure you don't run up a huge cloud bill, (laughs) I guess is the only thing. And then that's just when you can set up the alarms or even the spend caps and just make sure. I mean, that was, I think literally the first thing I learned with AWS was billing alarms. And Hmm. I think I've only had one, um, problem and I think it cost me 20 pounds, which is annoying, but not the end of the world. Uh, and so something I'm curious about seeing, as you mentioned, uh, your, your degree there and and the experience at university, I think from speaking to the discord community, which if, if you're regular listening to this podcast and you're not already part of it, then the link is in the description. Do, do check it out. Um, most people on the discord community I run, if they do have a degree, uh, it is Mm -hmm. not in comp sci, uh, or they don't have a degree at all. And I mean, I'm in that position because I have a business degree and I always wonder, what did I miss out on? What do you think a developer <laughs> who didn't get a comp side degree, what do you think they've missed out on? What, what, what's the secret source that you guys have that we don't? That's a, that's a very good question. Um, so um, personally, I always say um, I wouldn't have to have the degree to be where I am right now um, because I do something that I love to do and um, maybe I, I wouldn't have that much like um, things like project management and things that you also learn in university. I, I don't think I would have gotten that much into it if I would have started working right away. Um, but um, I think what's important from in, or what, what's, what's, what you essentially learn uh, in university is um, asking the right questions, <laughs> like and and actually asking questions, not just doing things, but 
taking one step back and uh, taking a look at the bigger picture and, and say, okay, how can we do this um, in a way that it that it uh, will work in a few years? Like when you uh, the most most tutorials, like you know, they they have very uh, a very basic setup, and you you get results, um, but they don't um, see the 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 bigger picture. Um, and I think for me, that was the, the biggest learning um, I took away from, from university. Not necessarily the coding skills, but uh, rather the, the business side. Yeah, that um, that's very interesting. I never considered that. To be honest, I was expecting you to say something about like data structures and algorithms. So um, yeah. that, that's interesting <laughs> to think about. But it is a big skill to be able to, st- to st- take that step back from the problem and um, I think obviously on a, on a micro level, I do think that's always the best debugging uh, technique as well. It's just to take a general step back, take a literally take a breath, um, and take a step back. Especially if you're frustrated, yeah. then it's a really yeah. good way to do it. Um, you know, if necessary, take a take a walk around around your block um, if it's you know if it's daytime. Um, because I I think sometimes if we zoom out a little bit, we can often find uh, find the result we were looking for. In fact, actually my um, uh, my old roommate in university was a was a comp sci student, and I remember he mm. used to have just a piece of paper on his wall saying, um, "Relax, think clearly, and you'll solve the problem." And I thought that was a bit silly at first, and then yeah. I thought about it, and I was like, "Do you know what? Actually, that um, that makes a lot of sense. Like, obviously, you still have to study for exams, of course, um, but like sometimes it is as simple as just going through that mental process and um, the amount of stuff that gets in your own." head when you're uh, when, when you're coding it, it's yeah it, it's it's always worth considering and I guess as a follow-on to my initial question about the degree now that we're on that topic um, would you say if someone was say 18 and leaving school um, right now um, and they had the grades to go to like a good university um, mm-hmm. to study comp site would you say go or would you say go straight into a job assuming they were decent enough at coding Mm. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's hard to say from, from my experience, uh, when I, when I would have the same decision, uh, to make like five, six years back ago, um, I would t- tell myself to just start working right away. Um, but I think it always depends on where you want to go. And especially like if you have an idea, um, of where you want to work or, uh, what job you want to do. Um, you should research on does the degree help you get there faster or makes it easier um, to to get there. Um, if so, like there are there are many things like um, uh, my my brother's into uh, economics um, and uh, for for him a degree is makes makes a big difference um, for employers to 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 choose him or not choose him. Um, but if you're like, especially into really development, not so much into project management in, in uh, development uh, in tech companies, um, currently I would say rather spend the time on on learning um, on learning the tech, on working on concrete project projects, uh, maybe even creating a portfolio of of demo apps and and a GitHub, uh, GitHub um, page. Like I, I know many companies that uh, the first thing they do when they have uh, someone, someone um, for, uh, 
for the company to join, uh, they take a look at their GitHub profile and and see what what they've done there. Um, so, yeah, personally, I would say um, start start developing, start working, uh, and and skip the the university. Yeah, that's a it's an interesting perspective because I find a lot of people who who did do uh, comp sci would agree with you where it can be better to go straight in, and I think. In the UK, it's even more of an interesting question because uh, we unfortunately have to pay quite high fees uh, to go to university. And uh, in Scotland, it's free, actually, but uh, only if you went to a Scottish school. I'm a very weird edge case where I went to an English school um, and so I still had to pay for university. Um, But uh, it's one of those ones where if you you go to an English school and you go to English university, then it's £9,000 a year. So it's a, it's a huge investment okay. um, in people's time yeah. and you pay that back with interest. So uh, it, it's one of those ones where I would never uh, outright discourage someone to go to university because it mm. depends on, on their individual um, position. But if you do go, it's definitely a good idea to make the most of mm. it. Like perhaps maybe start some kind of company, either as a CTO or CEO um, when, when you're at university, because often as well, uh, to be blunt, universities have accelerator programs or funding available. So it'd yeah. be quite a nice yeah. way of doing it. Sure. I mean, if I was to, I don't regret going to university, but I basically spent all my time either drinking or playing rugby. So, you know, <laughs> it was fun, but <laughs> same for me. Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah. you have to, you have to consider, um, um, what I just said, um, is also, um, with a background that university was free for me. Uh, I didn't mm. have to pay uh, anything. And I think it would uh, even, uh, I would even uh, say skip university um, when when you have to pay for it. Um, because then like, you can, you can make the money that you would pay uh, for university in, in your first two or three years uh, when you're at a company. So. Mm. Not and, to mention and, you, as well, and, that, and, that, and you're yeah. learning a lot from from what from my experience. You're learning a lot more uh, about business, about working in a team, about achieving goals when you're working in a company than at university. That's just yeah. my point uh, of view. I, I I definitely yeah I definitely see your point there because the other thing as well is like the the cost of not not earning anything for three years essentially because Mm. um you know maybe you're working in a bar to like cover your costs or something like that Mm. um but it's probably not going to be huge money whereas uh i know in the uk now we've started in the last couple of years really pushing uh, apprenticeships more um previously Mm -hmm. apprenticeships were only really a thing if you worked in like construction or plumbing or uh, anything kind of trades related. Um, whereas in the last couple of years, it's much more of a thing for software engineering now. And it, you can make good money as sort of a 17 year old, because uh, you can leave school at 16 here. Um, you can make good money as a 17 year old, leave, uh, leave school, become a software engineer. And then, you know, by the time you're in your mid twenties, you could be a senior and, and, and right, money's yeah, great. Yeah. So it's something people should seriously consider. Um, and don't just go to university because your parents want you to, uh, is, <laughs> is, is always an important bit of advice. Although that can be harder in practice, um, to, uh, to persuade them. And, uh, for, for you it is, uh, I actually meant to ask it is Superstarter. Is it, is that your first like online business or have you launched other ones before? Uh, yes, it's, it's the first one that I really uh, that I completely built myself, and that I uh, that I'm the one responsible for everything, like marketing, building, uh, and it's a, it's a really interesting thing because it's um, the first time I actually make some some passive income with it with with something, 
before it was just you know you you work your hours you get uh you get your your salary um but uh now it's actually you you wake up in the morning uh and have two strap notifications and just made three hundred dollars uh which is really cool um and also um this gives you the freedom of just um doing your thing you know of course you have to adjust to to customer feedback and and uh do some research on the market but you're in uh in responsibility of, of what you're going to do with the project yeah how is that feeling the first time you got a stripe notification must be good right <laughs> yeah I, I i it was actually it was actually the same uh, as i just said I, I woke up and uh, saw the notification and that that was like one of the best days ever <laughs> yeah that must be awesome like uh I'm, I'm i'm still in the waiting phase of pinpoint i've made money online uh in other ways but nothing like completely passive in terms of like a code product like i've sold yeah. advertising on here <laughs> and uh I've, I've i've done mentoring um for uh for, for mentor crews um and some stuff like that but um yeah uh pinpoint if i start basically that will be my first code purely code mm. product uh, to make money. So I'm, um, I'm looking forward to the day. I hopefully get that first Stripe notification. So, um, be a good feeling. And the, the yeah, problem so, sorry, is you very, very quickly get used to it. Uh, like, uh, <laughs> especially in, in, in January, uh, things were going really great because I did a lot of marketing, you know, a uh, lot of, lot of, um, engagement on Twitter and so on. And, uh, I, I nearly got one sale every day. Um, so, uh, wow. now when you actually, have a day where you don't have a sale that that feels like uh something is wrong <laughs> and um you, that's that's you, you, the thing about this is um you have to keep it going you know uh since you're the only one um doing all the things uh or now we're we're two people but uh, i'm still the the one responsible for marketing and and also the the next boilerplate um you have to find the balance of doing something for the product or, or developing the product and also um, trying to market it. And I actually noticed this right now because I've, I've spent the last two, two, three weeks um, mainly on, on coding because I, as I said, we were doing a big refactoring internally. Um, and uh, that really uh, influences the, the sales. So um, as I said before, there was like, nearly one one sale a day uh and now it's like one or two a week um and and the the influence of of active marketing um especially in this small small niche is is very uh is, is very noticeable yeah it's it's very interesting and i i I think what's cool about what you do with the marketing on the side of things, you're um, because by building in public, you're interacting with the very audience that you're, because someone yeah. like me is probably pretty much bang on your prime customer, right? <laughs> and I will be your customer for my next project, I promise. Uh, you have it in recording now. Um, oh, wait, but, wait uh, for what's coming. You. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to see it. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it, it, it's, it's an interesting thing to do. And I guess, I guess what's cool about the marketing side, you've just got to, gotta learn on the fly as you go it's not like code mm. where it's either kind of right or wrong like marketing it's it's a bit of a yeah as soon as i started even marketing this podcast i thought wow marketing is a hard job like i've never understood how hard that job was <laughs> until just now. yeah I, I, to be honest i have no idea how to do it you know uh, that's just i i'm just just trying to uh spread the 
the word about the product and and um, uh, try to make people understand it. I think that's in the in the beginning that's the the most important thing mm. um, because uh, you underestimate most most people who who uh, start a business underestimate how difficult it is to make people understand what your product actually does. I uh, see this a lot of times uh, with with people um, in the in the in the in the indie hacker uh, community, uh, especially on Twitter. Um, they have really great ideas. They have uh, very good skills. And I go to the landing page, and after two or three minutes, I have no idea what the product does. <laughs> um, and that 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 doesn't mean the product is bad or that there isn't uh, uh, um, the the need for it, for this product, but um, it's just, I mean, I spent the first two or three months optimizing the landing page and my uh, external communication, uh, just the wording, like uh, I, I, I pivoted from boilerplate to starter template, um, mentioning indie hackers and, and the word SaaS more, because that made people understand what this does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, it's almost we almost end up biased towards our own uh, kind of thing. Like, oh, oh, of course, it's obvious what it does because we're working on it day in day sure, out. And sure. <laughs> it's something I already identified with with Pinpoint before the launch. And I reckon, actually, yeah. judging by the rough release schedule, this podcast is probably coming out around now. Hopefully, uh, although it's probably delayed. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it, it's I'm currently running with uh, your personal assistant for your job search, but I've searched mm-hmm. high and low, and I think one group of guys in new york tried to launch something similar to this like five years ago but other than that no one's tried it which is either a bad thing or a good thing and i'm not sure which um but i i'm i'm trying to almost educate people on on why um for one of the most important decisions of your life why you should have some Mm -hmm. kind of quantitative analysis uh behind that and actually be able to make an objective decision but that's quite difficult to frame in, in a few sentences, really. And um, I think yeah. I think you're right. And I'm not surprised what you say about completely optimizing the landing page. It's so important. True. I mean, uh, that's actually something that, that you just mentioned about uh, you're not sure if, if uh, your product is good or just no one had the <laughs> idea before. Um, uh, I had a very similar situation um, with a product that essentially ended up in being the the code base or the the research base for uh, for superstarter in the beginning, which was a a project called Crater. Um, it was a, a platform to build um, product quizzes, like uh, when you have a a Shopify or WooCommerce store, um, mm-hmm. you can just import your products, uh, create some questions, and map the the answers to certain products, so your customers can come into your shop and say, okay, I need a jacket for I don't know skiing or whatever. Uh, answer three questions, and this product would match the answers of the user to the to the uh, yeah to the best product for this uh, for these answers. Um, and what I did was like I researched on this idea with my understanding of what it was and and my wording. Like I I think I called it in the beginning a a. Um, product assistant or something like that. Um, and I didn't find anything like that. Um, so I thought, yeah, this is probably a very uh, good good product idea, not, not many competitors. 
and um, started working on it. Like I actually worked on this for over a year um, and, and very uh, spent a lot of time uh, on it and ended up um, <laughs> finding that there are a lot of competitors and very big competitors. Um, they just phrase it differently. They, they, they most of the time named this uh, product quizzes. Um, and um, yeah, when I, when, I, when I searched for this keyword, then there were like immediately four or five solutions. Um, and I think from that experience, getting into um, the space first um, is essential for finding a good product idea. Like you, you have to know um, how people are, uh, are working in this area, how they, how they name things, and, and then you can actually do some research uh, on it. So um, that's why I think a business or in an, in an area that you're actually already in is always a very good thing to start with. Yeah, and that ties really back in what we were saying way back in both in the podcast and in the coder's journey where if you're just learning, do something and mm -hmm. try and create some kind of project that's relevant to you. And it, it's no coincidence that, you know, it, uh, the most common type of business to fail is a restaurant because mm -hmm. what happens <laughs> is uh, an accountant and, I don't know, an accountant and a lawyer, not picking on accountants and lawyers, but they're, they, they're sick of corporate life. They earn great money. Um, they meet up for a, for a drink on their 50th, uh, 50th birthday and they're like, do you know what? let's start a restaurant. It's what we've always wanted to do. No culinary training, yeah. <laughs> nothing. And then 18 months later, Gordon Ramsay's there and they're on Kitchen Nightmares. Because the thing is, it, you have to understand a background of the industry yeah. you're in. Like the reason why I'm building Pinpoint is because I used to be a recruiter and I would speak to candidates day in, day out. And I knew they would struggle to make decisions. And it's something that, yeah. you know, I, I don't have the stats on it, but a lot of people change jobs every year. So that's why I, that's why I'm doing what I, what, what I did. Like, um, you know, if I, if I tried to make accountancy software, I think I'd really struggle because I don't have a clue about how any of it works. Like it's, I totally agree. You have to understand your niche. Uh, and the more you've worked in it really, the, the better. It's not quite the right phrase, but it's almost like dog fooding in the sense of like, you have to know the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what we what we already said before. Like, uh, the best thing is to solve your own problem, um, and that that was also true for the project I just mentioned, um, because I had been like I had uh, I've created a few uh, WooCommerce stores and uh, not for myself for clients, um, and knew how this was basically working. So I knew how to integrate it uh, with the API and so on. But I actually had no idea how businesses. Um, were using shops, how, how the uh, people working for that business were interacting with the, the shop admin panel and so on, and, and how customers were using the shop. Uh, and, and what I found when I uh, then did more research on, on the idea was um, customers said, I don't need to an assistant to uh, find my products because like there are just 10 products. I can just scroll through the list myself. Uh, and the other way around, um, when there was a, a bigger shop or a bigger store, um, the, the people uh, owning the shop said, yeah, but that's far too much work to, to map all the products and, and create this thing. And the value that you get out of it is far too low for that. Um, and so that was just that I, I would have, 
needed to to evaluate that before I started, and that's that's one of the the major issues uh, I see with a lot of businesses that they just start um, without any validation of the idea, uh, and then after a year of work, and I, I know that myself, it, it it's very painful because you've spent so much time, so much love into this uh, into this product, um, and no one's going to use it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's painful and, uh, you know, it can be hard for people to hear, but it's better to understand that before you spend and invest so much time uh, in your life on, on, on something like that. And it's Absolutely. it's emotional to put your own time into a business. So it, it's one of those ones that, yeah, people, it's a hard, a hard truth, um, I guess is how I'd describe it. And it's, it's <laughs> like that classic problem where engineers just try and solve other engineers' problems. And uh, like I know on the show, Silicon Valley, they did a good, uh, kind of episode on that but then I think do you know what I think there's something almost an underrated problem is that I think the opposite is often true engineers only validate with other engineers and the the other engineers yeah. tell them their idea is bad like have you ever seen that classic uh hacker news post from the founder of Dropbox no so it's pretty funny um basically they explain what dropbox is i guess this must be like late mm-hmm. noughties like 2008 um mm-hmm. they explain what dropbox is the value proposition and then the top comment is saying yeah i don't really know about this it all feels a bit silly like uh it's very trivial for me to just spin up a linux server ssh into it pull down <laughs> the files and it's like whoa <laughs> but it was the most upvoted thing and it's like almost a hall of fame thing for me to think right don't only validate this with engineers because um I would always try and explain that to someone who, you know, doesn't know what a command line is or, or something <clears> like that. Like, of course, they're going to see the value of Dropbox. So it's important to uh, not just validate with engineers, both so that you don't create an engineering solution, but also as well, so you can find out there may well be a market for people that don't know how to use computers really well. Exactly. I mean, for, for my business, it is important to 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 validate yeah, it with developers because <laughs> because that is my target group but um, i mean that's that's the point the 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 people you should evaluate the idea with is the potential customers and um and that's actually a very hard thing to find in the beginning um because uh, when you're not very very deep into the business um you actually have to have to get into there and and find people who are potential customers to actually validate the, the idea, uh, not even to sell something, but to just validate it. Um, and there we go again. That's where it's easy to get started in, a, in an area that you're already in. Um, but you just mentioned uh, Silicon Valley, uh, the TV show. Mm. I just wanted to <laughs> get back to that um, because I, I, I love the show. And um, I just uh, for the for the upcoming Superstarter version, I just uh, built the the new landing page, uh, and to have a dummy logo in there, I just uh, just used Aviato as the name, um, <laughs> which is the the company from from Oleg Batman, and <laughs> just I think that's the one of the best. TV show characters ever. <laughs> uh, he he's, he steals that show hands down. I mean, they're all great, but yeah, Ehrlich is is fantastic, <laughs> and he just I just love the whole idea of him. Just I think 
Aviato, the business model was like, it just tells you, uh, it reports the departure boards of the nearest airport, like something quite mm. silly, but that you could sell for a quick buck. And then that's just all he's had, all he's been able to ride off for like 20 years. It's, it's great. I love <laughs> that show is just so, so on the nose. And it's funny the season one, uh, has aged interestingly because they're doing things like talking about Ruby on rails, like it's the hot new mm. thing. Um, mm. but I suppose that just goes to show how quickly web dev moves. Uh, really that uh, I'm kind of laughing at that when I watch that back now and actually you know 10 years ago that was the really cool thing to be using uh, yeah that's 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 actually I mean that's that's a good and a bad thing because um, it, it on the one side means um, you have to constantly keep learning I mean when you it's just like uh, things that are state-of-the-art now didn't even exist two years ago <laughs> and um, this will be the same for the next two years and um, on the other hand side, that means you actually always have the ability to get into web development because you can just start learning um, the current stack and you're actually good to go because what you learned 10 years ago is probably not really relevant anymore like jQuery. <laughs> yeah, it's a fantastic point. Like, uh, for example, for me, I learned to code when React hooks were brand new. Uh, no, uh, they they just come out. So I learned that as standard, but most experienced developers had never used them before. So I, I know I keep saying the words value proposition, um, but my value proposition, I'm going to say it anyway, um, was that I could go into a new job and uh, I mm -hmm. could actually help the senior devs a little bit. Like it'd be a two-way thing where I show them how the React hooks work um, when they were still using the, so I'm using functional components and they're using class-based components. So for people listening now, you know, say stuff like Next.js, for example, which is a key component of what uh, you're working on. A lot of devs, particularly more senior ones, they've never had a reason to yeah. use it, particularly if they're not coding yeah. much outside their um, outside their day job. If you can learn a useful tool like that, then you can quickly get ahead of uh, more senior people. So I agree. It's You can either choose to be intimidated by how, how quickly this industry moves or you can embrace it. Absolutely, and I and I think uh, one one very nice thing to to just uh, stay up to date is just uh, now and then take a look at at the the new trending topics like uh, new frameworks like Astra and so on. Um, uh, and, and the same goes for so at at work I uh, or we have to work with with Angular, um, which is not my favorite. Um, mm -hmm. But um, you know I've I've worked with Vue, I've worked with React. Or, I love, I, I would always pick React currently, but uh, maybe that is completely different in two years. <laughs> um, but um, what I want to say is um, you have to, or they, they all have like very, very uh, different ecosystems, like different, different libraries, different uh, ways to do things. Um, they're all getting a bit closer to each other. Like um, they now all have a, a, a component-based structure. Um, and um, most of them have these these single file component uh, styles, uh, which is also funny because um, you know there was like uh, one of the the top um, guys uh, in the Angular uh, community. He just uh, said something like, or he posted something like, uh, "Oh, there's uh, I have just this idea of putting the 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 code and the template and the styles all in the same file in Angular." <laughs> um, where just everyone who knows React or Vue or every other framework just say, hmm, "Come on, this is not something new." Um, but yeah, um, what I what I mean is um, there are a lot of good ideas in other frameworks uh, and and also good patterns. Like 
we use in our application um, a, a um, implementation of what is essentially React query or Tanstack query. Mm-hmm. Um, because that is something, um, now the, the NGNeet uh, team, they, they, they built something very similar, but um, before there wasn't something like that. And uh, it's a very, very good pattern. Um, and so keeping an eye on what other frameworks do is always good to keep your, your own project uh, up to date. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I could, couldn't agree more with that. And it's always a good idea just to know a little bit um, of other tools so you can have some perspective uh, in terms of uh, how other patterns work and like for example with angular like you say you know if, if people always thought that it's you separate the files whereas <laughs> everyone else is in the one file um that's interesting so i haven't coded in angular for like three years now um so that's must be a fairly fairly recent change Ed. no it's, it's it's not even a thing it was just an idea of him. oh an um, idea so, like a proposal yeah <laughs> yeah yeah Okay, cool. Um, well, I, I think uh, yeah, it's been really been really cool talking uh, talking to you tonight, and I've I've already learned a ton myself, as I'm sure the listeners have as well. If people want to find out both more about you and, of course, Superstarter, uh, where where can they do that? Uh, yeah, Twitter is the number one place uh, currently. Uh, so uh, my name Jonathan Lodesh Wilke, uh, or uh, Twitter slash Superstarter. Um, or the website um, superstarter.dev. That's that's the place to go. Fantastic. Well, th- those links will be in the description. And uh, please do follow us both on Twitter because uh, uh, both of us are sharing. You're, you're much more disciplined about sharing your build and public updates, I've noticed. You seem to do it every day. I get a bit lazy with it. I'm at least. Maybe every at few least. days. Yeah. <laughs> I do like one video a week on TikTok and then I do maybe tweet three times a week, but I need to step my game up. So I really need to learn from you. TikTok. (laughs) Yeah. It's my biggest platform. Really? Maybe I need yeah, to get into I, that. <laughs> do you know what? It's 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 yeah. It's you get some pretty good traffic from it, like unexpectedly, um, because there's no bias in the algorithm. So you can end mm-hmm. up with your first video getting like a uh, hundred thousand views, um, which happened to that's, me that's like crazy. third video. So yeah, it, it's um, yeah, it's worth doing. Should check it out. So maybe people could find you on TikTok by the time this comes out. <laughs> so I'm definitely going to follow you on on uh, TikTok after this recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the listeners should as well it's at cameron blackwood code um if you want to find me on there but yeah thanks again for your time it's been really really awesome speaking thank you for having me